Hi, I'm Brandon. I love Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. I'm Vic Michaelis, and I am doing my absolute best to continue to do more Hallmark movies. And this is the Deck, Deck the Hallmark, Hallmark Podcast. Deck the Hallmark, it's his podcast. Brandon and friends host this podcast. We hope you like this jolly podcast. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, boy. For our first interview out of the gate for 2024. That's right. We're back to interviewing the strike's over, Brand. Strike's over. God, we haven't interviewed someone since the strike's been over. And and, and Vic is still going to work even though she's reeling from all the streaming revenue she's receiving now that the strike is over. That's right. Which is fantastic. exactly right. Congratulations to you and Yorn. Uh, Vic, (laughs) welcome to the podcast. This is your first time, uh, first Hallmark movie, and you get an invite to deck the hallmark i know that was kind of what you were hoping for massive for me actually i you know honestly they asked me to do silly voices on podcasts sometimes so getting asked (laughs) to come on a podcast for myself for a hallmark movie is i mean just um really a cherry on top you will be treated to as no less than an actor we're we're not gonna like look we this thing's scripted we're not gonna get down here and like make you do silly stuff like we're all about serious yeah we're not gonna be like you're working the drive-through and kermit the frog is ordering a burger and fry and scene we're not gonna do that unless you want to and then we can't right well thank you for um treating me with the respect of which um my my profession uh demands so i I appreciate you saying that of course you're very welcome and kermit you can just keep driving through as i said before you're not welcome at this drive that's Uh, that's a little snippet of that that's good that's good brambleJamplus.com. you're not wrong more of that you might not wrong and when are we taking down these christmas decorations (laughs) brand since we're here and it's like you know, almost MLK day. Yeah, I think we'll <laughs> next by next by next week. Yes, by next week we will next have them down. Next week we'll have them down. And a winter set. And a winter a, a winter. It's a winter set. What about Christmas in July? That's true. No, they come back uh, up. Listen, Don't worry. Vic, Don't I don't worry. Need it right now. Okay. And all. And also. <laughs> and also, the good news is, is we need that winter set because we have a golfing <laughs> movie that takes place in yeah. Hungary. Yeah. To review, because yeah. nothing says winter. Whatever. I don't need it from you. Like a uh, hot cup of cocoa and... We're, <laughs> here, we're here to interview Vic. Okay. We're here to interview Vic. Okay. I want to go back, Vic. Yeah. We got a lot to talk about. We've got comedy. We've got movie. We got big fun. But I want to go no, back. That's really it. I, I want to go back. I, the IMDb list is not super long. That's but I really, want to go back okay. <laughs> to when you Tiny. were... A place mat rather than a... Than a um, Anything. Yeah, uh, like a, ba- a baby, but a toddler, maybe. When when did you first discover um, that you have some sort of desire to make people laugh or to put on a show? What were you like as a child? Was that something that kind of came out of you early on? Yeah, uh, I mean, sort of. I'm from a big family. I didn't really start doing any kind of... Um, uh, acting or performance stuff until high school. Uh, I was raised by a single dad. He was very adamant that I do business. Yeah. Uh, so he was the, you know, the, the kind of dad that was like, I I was in golfing lessons and he was like, you're going to need this for if you're ever in a business meeting or something like that. He was very adamant that I don't do uh, ever golfing lessons. Have you closed a deal? Golf? Yeah. Uh, here's what I'll say. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I'm going to. I auditioned for that golfing movie that's coming out next. <laughs> you didn't. Next week. 
didn't get the part, yeah, so I am have. assuming um, that my swing wasn't wasn't great. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so there's there's some examples for that. Am I allowed to say that? Probably not, but I did. That, I and love so, it. So uh, it's a uh, thank you. Am for I allowed that. to say I've already seen the film? Yeah, no, probably not. But I have, and you should have. You, I would. It would have been great, Vic. It would have been great. <laughs> it would have been great. Um, uh, where were you thank born? You. Where were you born and raised? Uh, oh, okay. Those are two very different questions. I was born in New Jersey, uh, but I was raised, uh, we moved around a ton. So I, I, I spent a bunch of time in, uh, sort of like Northern Illinois, and then we moved up to, uh, Toronto and that was sort of where oh. I finished up high school. I would consider myself more, uh, more like socially Canadian, okay. uh, <laughs> uh, like born, born States raised. Well, I was going to, yeah, I was going to, uh, my question was going to be, are you proud to be an American? And I guess, uh, I guess that's a no. That's a no. Um, uh, do you have Canadian. dual citizenship? I'm proud to be an American that moved to Canada. Yeah, that's right. yeah fair. I am, <laughs> I am, uh, I'm an American citizen, Canadian permanent resident. Okay. Uh, there's like some annoying, annoying. There's like some rules where you have to be in Canada, uh, for, like a uh, X amount of time while you're waiting for your passport to come in, and I go back and forth between Canada and LA quite a bit. So that's. Just uh, do you get the Canadian healthcare perks, or are you? Yeah, anybody uh, yeah. that's there gets the perks, right? Yeah, I do. I'm a Canadian taxpayer. I'm. A, I uh, so I BC, uh, British Columbia, and then also yeah. Los Angeles. So I get my BC healthcare, and then I also pay for American healthcare. So <sighs> wow. we're the best of both worlds type situation. <laughs> that is the best. Um, <laughs> I, I will say this, Vic. Yeah, thank goodness you're paying for the real healthcare. Uh, Vic, uh, in the Bramble Jam Plus chat, which you cannot see, but uh, if you if you were a member of Bramble Jam Plus, you could watch this early. Uh, all of our New Jersey listeners are claiming you. So wow. I don't know where where that falls for you. Oh, but, great. But they're all claiming you because they're you know New Jersey. So yeah. I just want to let you know that. No, I love that. Thank you so much. I'm con I'm I'm a you know a, a nation with no flag. I'm constantly looking for a home. So this until is you really get sick, and then me. the home is Toronto. Is <laughs> yeah, is immediately BC. Yeah. I don't know yeah. any of the words yeah. to the national anthem. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. no, no, nothing you More can do about it. So fair. you moved around a bunch, learning the golf lessons, uh, business, and in high school, did you just kind of fall into the drama class and and just kind of go, let me try to try this out, or or was that not the path? Well, okay, so maybe this is a little bit, I don't know if this is like the confidence that I have by being raised by a dad that liked me or like, you know, it, I really like, I moved up from, uh, <laughs> I moved from uh, Chicago land area up to Toronto and I was like, I'm gonna reinvent myself. I've never done a play. I'm just gonna start telling people that I act because I always wanted to do acting. So I got up there and I just started a rumor that I was, uh, I like, <laughs> did theater at my old school. Have you heard about me? <laughs> oh man, if YouTube was around, and, you, would you would see that man. Oh. But I just, I really did just like start a rumor that I, I did a bunch of theater in my old school. And then I got to theater auditions for like our spring play or whatever. And I was terrible. I gave maybe the worst audition <laughs> I would imagine of the semester, but everybody just sort of went, well, Vic was an actor back in, Chicago. So it must've just been a weird audition. A uh, yeah. And I ended up getting like one of the lead parts uh, in the play. Did it go well? Not really, <laughs> but it gave me some like experience of be being on stage, uh, which then sort of like from there, I did some other like local youth theater uh, and yeah, just sort of, sort of took off from, from there. You said big family, how many brothers and sisters? I'm one of five. Okay. Wow. As am I, I just did the math. 
You, yeah, you, it took you. It took it's me a real second. Well, your brain is also on delay. It, he is, yeah, he's there. He is. Yes, he's all. I am also one of five. That's yeah, right. it's January third. Uh, what? Uh, what? That's amazing. Oldest? Youngest? Can't tell. Yeah, create this. You can't tell. He's the youngest. <laughs> I mean, look at this sweater. You know, I see. You don't wear this. You don't wear that. You're out not in an public. oldest if you wear this. <laughs> no, hey, that's that's okay. I I am the oldest, so it's uh that's sort of. And hey, we're sitting on the same podcast. That's so what true. Does that that's say right. About that's me? true. You know right. what I mean? Like this is all we're 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 the same. Except this is your podcast. And I'm a guest on your so podcast. For, so for now, for now, we'll see. No, no, no. So tell me what how it progressed. You 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 get in the play. You suck, and then you're like, I want to I want to do this more. And so and, and did not, you get better between audition and the play itself? Did you kind of find find yourself and figure out how to do it, or was it all bad? Um, no, it was Comedia del Arte, uh, which if you know anything about it, is just like all around tough. Uh, and so for me, I honestly, I also had a just like an impossible time remembering the lines. And so I would just like, I had a couple of monologues and I would just start making stuff yeah. up. And that to me, like getting little laughs, making stuff up was like, that yeah, was the magic the of it. And that, um, yeah. And so for me, uh, from there, I was like, oh, like, that's what I'm chasing is like, I want to I want to make people uh, laugh like that. It's tough, though, because like big family, I'm not even the funniest person in my family, which is hard. Uh, so it's I really had to like d train, like go to go do some training, uh, which, you know, was I want to talk about the training. But first, wrong answer only. What is Comedia dell'arte? <laughs> Oh, Comedian Del Arte. It is, uh, it is a drink, first of all, in its initial essence. Um, you've seen Wonka. Uh, <laughs> yes, I have. You know, yeah, the yeah. chocolate that kind of, it's yeah, nice, yeah. but yeah. in drink form. Ooh, I got you. Very good. Uh, you. So you decide to go to training for improv, like improv comedy. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. I did a lot of like, well, I mean, it was sort of a long way around. I, I did some like intensive acting. Uh, uh, sort of after high school uh and i was like i'm gonna be a serious actor this is great i got to vancouver i was very lonely uh and so i took short form improv classes like a theater sports type stuff in vancouver as a way to get to know people and uh, uh from there i was like oh yeah like this is uh this is what i want to be doing so by the time i got down to la i started up at the uh, uh the upright citizens brigade which wow. is like a big comedy Huge. school down there yeah and i was really lucky to uh, uh get on like one of their house teams down there and so i i did that and then that house team is sort of now turned into a small part-time uh part-time job which has been great when when you uh realized that you liked the laugh and you kind of wanted to explore that were there any comedians that you were turning or even early on that you just were like i love this style of of comedy or this person really like opened my eyes to what's possible when it comes to comedy Oh, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, like, I feel like, you know, broken record of everybody that likes comedy who like looks at like the Carol Burnett and <laughs> Lucio Balls uh, of it all. But uh, I mean, like, I, that really is the answer when you're looking at, um, you know, like big comedians who have like gone on to, to do stuff, I think. Um, but uh, I, I mean, like, I have my answers, but it's going to be like niche comedians in LA who I'm like, I started doing improv and it was like these two people. Um, but I, uh, uh, there's like, there are definitely like, um, 
I, I think a few uh, uh, comedians that were like a few steps above me that I, I just was lucky to be able to go just like watch perform six nights a week. And uh, uh, it's, you know, I was just really fortunate that, you know, my, my job allowed me to do that at the time. And just, I got a lot of reps. I saw a lot, really immersed myself in it. And but is it, I was able to get a lot uh, of performance you, you time see, early on. UCB is the, is the one that you have to work your way up. So when you come in, like you could be like sweeping floors and doing just very basic stuff and you get to watch the house teams. Am I making that up in my head or have I heard that somewhere? No. So it's like uh, you you got to start taking classes and then also too, as you're taking classes in order to earn credits for classes. Uh, I don't know how it is now, but it used to be that you could intern. Uh, and so it really was just, and also if you were taking classes, you could go see shows for free nice. and like stand on the side to watch shows. And so, I mean, like I lived an hour and a half away, so I would come before rush hour, do my class and then sit sit there all night watching shows and then go home at like midnight was sort of my, my thing I did for like two years. I love it. Have you auditioned for SNL? No, you know what? Like I love SNL. I have a, uh, I have a bunch of friends that have gone that route and, and done that. And I am, you know, I love sketch. Uh, I think it's really fun. I uh, would say my, my love and my heart is more with improv uh, on the yeah. improv side of things. I mean, like, listen, if they came knocking, I would absolutely That's not, not what I heard. No, but L- that being loud said, and clear. They, no, Kick I want to make it very clear if anybody's offering me a job. Yeah. I, I, I will say, <laughs> if anybody's offering me a job, I am saying yes. How, how hard would it be for you to just read the cue cards? Like that's the big deal on SNL, right? Is like, please read the cards. Like, please read the cards, please. How hard, like you're such a, like we've watched, you know, clips and you can go on TikTok or, or College Humor or wherever. Like you have a natural ability to do what you do. And it's, I didn't know you had any training. I just thought you were good at it, but it, training makes sense. But how hard would it be? Because SNL is not improv. It, it just isn't. I think some of their best ideas probably come from that sure. sitting around the writer's room. But how hard would that be for you? Oh, um, that's a very kind of you to say. And what I'll say is my biggest hurdle is going to be, uh, I'm dyslexic, so physically reading the cards is going to be almost impossible. Uh, <laughs> Brand Br- is gonna, probably uh, dyslexic too. Yeah, he didn't it get is possible. But like yeah. he is, Look at us. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a tough time. I'm gonna, I think we might be the same person. Right. I'm going to put on the sweater and then I think there's a chance that I could just sit in your seat and people would I love this seat. plan. And I also think, uh, because I have two boys that need healthcare, we should move the podcast to Canada. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, I think I think that would be. I fun. love this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think it's a good plan. I think that this is a good uh, idea. Really good. Rolling already. You don't have to answer now. I can help operations. I'm just like I, we're just oh. throwing some things. Stop <laughs> selling. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be after Epiphany for Christ. It is. This it is. episode's it not is coming out till after Epiphany, and I got Christmas trees on either side of me. Yeah. You can't see them because we zoomed in for Good Morning America. But if we had cool, zoomed sick, out, sick brag, there bro. Are, there, yeah, name drop. We were on Good Morning America. <laughs> uh, there's Christmas trees on either side of us. So we're surrounded right yeah. now. Uh, it's a lot. I love that. Yeah. Thanks, you. Thank yeah. you. That's yeah, very absolutely. nice. Absolutely. It's very Th- nice. Thank you. Thanks, you. Uh, <laughs> thanks, you. Uh, so you start doing the training and then you uh, work your way up to the show. Um, did you get to collaborate with uh, a, a many comedians that have gone out and kind of made a name of yourself, much like yourself, uh, that you'd be like, I can't believe like I got to work with this person or, or anything like that in your time there? 
Oh man, that's a really great question. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I've got a, a, a lot of, I mean, it's really tough. I, I mean, this is like, you know, the, the true answer, which is like the people that I work with now, especially a lot of the folks that come through drop out and the folks yeah. that I get to work with on a regular basis. Uh, we have this show called ASCAT at UCB, which is like a, um, it's like a rotating panel of, uh, sort of, uh, improvisers and then we get people to come on and, and give monologues and like those folks that come through are all absolutely incredible it's like people I watched growing up on tv uh that are now like coming back and doing monologues or dropping in to do improv with us um like I can't uh like specific names I don't know like what it'll mean to anybody but like for me it's like all of the all of the comedic voices that I watched on tv now I'm getting to like uh, a lot of them I'm getting to interact with now on a regular basis. And like, that has been um, b bizarre in a really, in I mean, incredible way, like very dreamlike yeah. uh, uh, getting to do that. And then on dropout, like recording improv with all of my, um, uh, like the people that I improvise with the most and that like mean the most to me in the world and the people that I think are so incredibly funny and having that improv recorded and sent out to the world and other people enjoying it has been just like, yeah, an absolute dream come true. I do want to get to drop out here in just a minute, but I do like just looking at your IMDb, uh, hearing you talk about acting and how that kind or, or acting and then going into improv, you still, you like, you have a various shorts on here, which I imagine are comedic in nature. And I apologize for not watching every single how one of the shorts. How dare you? Um, no, but I also see an episode of, uh, of Charmed on here. Of course you do. Um, yeah. Which yes. is uh, fun. So like, uh, did- Tell it, us about Charmed. Tell us about Charmed, first of all, but also we're, we're like, we'll eventually end up at round, round and round. And clearly acting mm -hmm. is still something that you care about. Is, 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 is it always been oh, something yeah. that you've been like, I, 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 I want to get back to acting like improv. Like I want to be able to do both of these things that I love. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm very fortunate in a, uh, in that like every year, you know, like I end of the day, like acting is what uh, pays for the most part. And uh, so I, if, if improv could pay the bills the way acting did, I would only ever do improvised stuff yeah. and, and record it. Like I just, it's, it's where my heart is. I love it in the same way that I think people that do like stage work or like, if I could just do plays forever, I would just do that. Um, but I, I really, um, I mean, I really love acting. I, I, I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's yeah. I mean, I, I, I enjoy it. I, I liked getting to sort of uh, have a hand in picking projects a little bit like you know charmed wonderful amazing <laughs> if anybody that worked on that show wants to pay me to come do whatever show they're working on now please yeah. i loved working with yeah. you cast so and crew um, was like family but, you know, like, wonderful i mean like the best the yeah, best we love right? charmed yes yes any any of them are welcome in my home uh so you know please please um let me in um wherever you're working uh, i uh i the, the really the nice thing about hallmark is uh i mean like it at least in my experience with it was they were so like I, I would do more hallmark in a heartbeat it's like they they shoot so fast like uh, the at least the set that i was on like everybody was very amiable to being like yeah let's like let's play with it a little bit let's see like you know how this how this scene fits with sort of like the characters that we've developed wow. which was really 
Boy, two, 2018 Hallmark would like to have a word. Uh, yeah. uh, play with the characters. I don't Is even, that true? Oh, yeah, oh, they they yeah, had a regime yeah, yeah. change in 2020. Before then, they literally were trying to make the same movie. Like the idea that you would like get get a take where you do something different would be crazy. But the new Hallmark is very much like in that vein. And, and but but before we get there, I do want to ask you this because I I I think improv is like pizza in New York City. There's like a lot of it, mm. and most of it is bad. Uh, but when you get yeah. like when it's good, it's it's great. It, it's like maybe better than, than just watching a comedy. And so, mm. like, I, I guess it's a two part question. The one is just a softball. Like, hey, what makes improv great? And I, I think I know the answer, but I want to hear from somebody who's a pro. But the other is is like when you're in one of the houses in Upright Citizens Brigade, uh, of the like, I just would love to know what percent of it bombs. Like what percent of what you're doing? It's improv. It can't all bomb. Like a, like nobody's laughing or feeling bomb. Fe- uh, like I, being like, oh, I didn't think that was good. Either, well, I, I, well, I'm more interested in something that bombed in the room, but, but you, you still are like, but <laughs> that's that was how we like we're big on like the if it works for us, we don't care if it bombed. But it like how often do you lead like walk off the stage? Like what percent of the bits uh, like just a, a ballpark? You guys are in so much trouble. This is my favorite. <laughs> Thing to talk about, and I literally will not shut up about I, it. No. I because I, I I got nowhere to be. I genuinely I no, think nowhere there's, to a, be. there's <laughs> there's a few parts to this question, right? Because at the end of the day, if you're putting out something that you feel good about, and you think is funny, it doesn't really Correct. matter what the crowd thinks, because then it's just the wrong crowd for what you're doing, right? Because improv is so subjective. It's based on like uh, comedy in general is so subjective. Like if you are uh, uh, doing something and you've trained in your craft and like there you have reached a certain level of success, for the most part, there are people out there that think what you're doing is funny. Uh, so it's a lot of times, especially being live, especially being in a, in a small house like at UCB, it's, uh, it's a lot of times it's like you're doing something and either the timing's not just quite right or or uh, the, the type of comedy you're doing isn't quite for the crowd uh, uh, that's watching it. But like a true bomb, like being like, I thought that was bad and it didn't land in the room. I would say that actually is like quite rare these days. Because okay. oftentimes, especially with my improv team, uh, it's a lot of, um, we're very fortunate that there are like a lot of uh, a, a lot of people that um, do stuff on Dropout as well or on my improv team as well. And so we get a lot of, uh, folks who love, like dropout content that come to our shows. Okay. So a lot of times uh, uh, we we have like a warm crowd there. Um, and then at UCB, I'd say like, it's a, it's a pretty, I'd say like maybe like 3% of the time are you performing to like silence, Ooh. which so what, like one show yeah. every couple of months yeah. where it's just like, like if, I'm, if I'm up like five times a week, something like that. Yeah. And that's just like, is what it is, you know, like it is a live art, but you know, a lot more often than I'd say maybe like, 30, 40% of the time you're doing something where you're like, no, I felt okay about that show, but like, it just isn't totally working with the crowd, maybe a little bit more than that. And then I would say the most common thing is just like, I didn't feel good about what I did, but the crowd seemed to think it was all right. You know what I mean? Like, I think, you know, but also I think that's how you keep getting better is to have that barometer for yourself in your head where you're like, oh, I have a bar for myself. And if I'm not meeting that bar, it's, um, I need to keep working harder. How many days a week are you doing improv? be it with dropout or with your troop or whatever? A lot, a lot. Um, I'm not as much as I used to, cause I'm not doing as many indie shows as I used to. So for the most part now I'm doing shows where like, you know, uh, especially post pandemic now they've changed the structure. So they're paying 
performers for all shows, which is how it should be. But it's uh, like the the shows that I'm doing now, I'm a little bit, I'm not doing every show that comes up anymore. Uh, so I'd say probably like three to five times a week I'm on stage. So throughout this time that you were doing UCB and, and whatever else you're doing, you've been auditioning for like acting roles as well. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. I um I go up back and forth between here and Canada and for the most part I um I am still like auditioning in do you, in Canada. Do you I have a, me- like my, my a memorably bad audition story? Like just like wow, boy, what happened? Yes, absolutely. I It's like one of those ones where it was like, I couldn't have written it in a way. It was like when I first got down to LA and I got an audition for a, we'll say a tween series. And I thought based on the breakdown, there were two characters with very similar names and they were in a scene together. And I had prepared <laughs> one character oh, no. who was like, the the like the young hot version of something and they had wanted me to play like like the older aunt of that character uh-oh <laughs> is that the dyslexia coming and out was, like did you just go you you it read it and you were like uh-oh it was like it was like janie and jamie oh, that's tough that's a, it's a nightmare like that. you can't that's send somebody a script with and jamie i was and like jamie? i'm young hot jamie and they were like no you're auntie <laughs> Janie. <laughs> oh, and Janie. Clearly. I love it. Janie. Oh my goodness. That's fantastic. So I get in there and they're just like, this is wrong. This is, I, there was some, um, there was some confusion. Can you do the other role? And I went, yep. <laughs> and I gave maybe the worst audit I've ever done in my entire Yeah, with no preparation. You yeah. should have walked out. You should in have like said, I'm either hot Jamie or I'm walking. <laughs> I'm walking. That's right. Listen, I I don't know if I have imparted anything in this interview, but I will do anything for a job. I want the job. I don't care what it is. I want the job. I will take the job. Yeah, Yeah, I've got a golfing movie for next winter. Uh, It's going to be in Istanbul, and it's going to be awesome uh, to, to, to get, yeah. Middle of the winter. Yeah, middle of the winter. Find the ball in the snow. That's right. Yeah, yeah, classic. That's great. That's great. I love the winter. Did you found am I college dropout? Did you like start it? Oh damn! I don't know this information. I'd love to hear it. So no, that's a okay. So yeah. college Please. dropout's been around for no, college humor's been college, around. Yeah, for a yeah, long yeah. Time. Yeah. So and then and then they evolved to okay. dropout, okay. which is. But I don't totally know that story. So going from creating uh, shorts on the internet forever to kind of evolving into doing these fun improv games into a streaming series. How did all, all that come to be? And when did you kind of uh, get your foot in that door? Yeah, it's a long, crazy history. I started working for College Humor in 2019 as a freelancer uh, when they had started the streaming service Dropout. Uh uh, and basically over 2019, the company was being sold college humor, uh, by the parent company and they didn't have a buyer. And, uh, uh one of the creative heads, Sam Reich, uh, ended up purchasing, was able to purchase dropout the streaming service. So college humor completely went under, uh, dropout was able to sort of survive through this purchase. Uh, and they ended up coming, uh, I don't know if, uh, you guys are D and D fans at all, or, or have any knowledge of that world, but they had this show called D 20 that yeah. really started hitting online and on the internet and, uh, through that, they were sort of able to grow uh, the, the company and the business on that side of things. Uh, so it really was like the brink of death uh, ended up being able to uh, 
keep going on through D20. And then they started this show called Game Changers, which does a lot of clips online and through that makes some noise fun. And then um, I'm now working on this show called Very Important People, which is one of the first new shows they've done in a while. But it's been, um, I mean, like it's, it is my favorite company I've ever worked for. Well, I mean, like companies are companies, but they are such a, such a great one um, from my vantage point. I love that. Love that. Uh, talk about very important people. Um, I think only a few episodes are out at this point. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, from what I've seen, it's hilarious. You basically interview another comedian, but that comedian is embodying a character, full makeup, costume, everything, um, which is just fantastic. It's a great idea. Uh, was this your idea or was it something that just kind of happened in you uh, because of the other stuff that you've done got attached to it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a spiritual sequel of an old show that they did with Josh Rubin and Pat Castle called um, Hello, My Name Is, uh, which is the same format for us, though. Like, uh, we sort of, uh, it, it's longer now. We changed up sort of uh, uh, my character's role a little bit where I'm playing like a character version of myself who's uh, interviewing uh, these guys. We have like, the makeup team is unbelievable. They, they're like literally day two, uh, I'm in the makeup chair and somebody comes over to Alex, our, our head of makeup and was like whispered something. And she was like, Oh, thank you so much. And I was like, okay, I'll bite. What happened? And she was like, Oh, nothing. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I just, we just got nominated for Emmys. And I was like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Literally day two of our shoot. Wow. Day two of our shoot, our makeup department was all nominated for Emmys for their work on the Mandalorian. Yeah. Wow. Like, okay. Yeah. This is uh yeah. this is gonna be a good this is gonna be a good show. Sure. No kidding. And <laughs> do, and do you as uh, you as the host don't know what's about to come out? Uh so a little bit. Yeah. So I um uh I'm a I'm a co-executive producer on it too. So I got to sort of know uh so we have like code names for all of these characters. Like uh from our first episode, we had like uh uh our princess Emily was listed as like uh the raver girl. Um but that being said, like I have no idea what characters are coming out. Like I know at one point uh the actor Anna was talking about doing like a mortgage broker who dresses like that. So it's like, it doesn't really help on the improv side of things to know what they're going to look like, but it doesn't necessarily hurt either. So uh, that's, that's sort of like just helping get to pair uh, what costumes I think would be interesting for people. I had a little bit of input in that, but for the most part, that was up to the creative team. I love that. I love that. Uh, Round and round. Yeah, Let's talk about Hallmark. Uh, Can you just, uh, here we go. I know we made it. uh, And uh, we both quite enjoyed the movie. I, had it first for Thank the year, so for the year. We collectively. Brand had it second. I had it second. And so I, I, my question to you is, is why do you think Brand hates you? Yeah. Um, and I'll take that answer however you'd like yeah. to do it. That's so funny. I That's a question that I would also like to well, know. And I have my own reasons and why? we don't need to get into it, but um, just Biltmore was number one for me and it was more just the building and the magic and whatnot. You're going to defend the other movie to the actor yes, of the other movie? I just want to get, it was, okay, okay, hold on. Just hold on. Vic auditioned for Christmas at Biltmore and didn't get it. Yeah. So how does, how does that make you feel? So round and round. Would I be the first guest that you made cry on your podcast? Um, On the podcast itself? Yes. But Dan has made multiple people cry with his reviews. Come on the show. And I'm like, have you heard of the show? (laughs) Thinking they don't listen. And they're like, oh yeah, you, you made me cry. And I was like, oh no. (laughs) Um, So that's me. And one of them is Tamara Mowry-Housley. 
the sister sister actor. You're kidding. Yeah. True story. <laughs> That's really hard. Has that changed your reviews at all? Um, like, has that changed the way you talk about movies? I, we, we, like, my stuff I try to be, like, critical, but not, like, I, I try to never make it personal. And the other one, I think yeah. Tamara said, like, you know, what you were saying was right. I just didn't. And then Ashley Williams was the other one who's a wonderful, like, she's a dear friend of ours. She's so sweet. And she <laughs> produced this movie with her sister. And they did a Kimberly Williams yes! Paisley and the two Christmas the Swister swap and yeah. and I basically talked yes. about how this is a great idea but Hallmark just didn't let it work like it didn't really unleash it and let it work and here's why it didn't work and then the when I when I saw her she was like I'm taking off my makeup I'm washing my face I'm like let me see what the guys thought and I heard you and I just started crying because as a producer you what you were saying was not inaccurate and so. I think both of those on the surface, it sounds terrible that I made them cry, but I, I never go after people. Like I'm not, I hope I'm never punching down. Like I, I hope what I'm saying is very much this movie doesn't work. Um, but I will say it has changed from the beginning. When I first started, you're not looking up people's IMDb's and telling them it's the size of a dessert. That's, like, I that's would not, yeah, I'm not bringing someone on the right. show and going, I liked a movie more than yours. Uh, like I wouldn't do that. Okay. Well, I right. didn't, I wasn't yeah. planning on that, yeah. but I, but again, but I, you know what my, thing is is at least i reviewed the episode or the movie dan got the flu got and the so flu. he he didn't i did a video no i did a, a video where i ah. reviewed the the film mm -hmm. so there is a review out there well, it's just not on the podcast doesn't episode. matter <laughs> anyway <laughs> how'd you get involved with it's it, a great Nick? movie sorry how'd you get involved with it classic i i honestly auditioned i like i, I yeah i truly just auditioned for it i auditioned again am i supposed to be saying this who knows? I'm doing it. I auditioned for every single part in that movie, I think. Like, I auditioned for both of the sisters first, wow. and then they messaged me, and I auditioned for Rachel. And then literally the next day, I was uh, I was like, okay, yeah, you're, you're going to the fitting. Did, the part's yours. Did you so. get to read the script in its entirety first, or did you just get, like, a few sides and had to go in and audition? I just got the sides. Uh, so, like, now post-COVID, everything is online. Oh, okay, which is I got great. you. You didn't go um, in, of course. Yeah, 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 so it's... So it, it really was just like I, I, and the script that I had for the sisters was a very different script than the script I had uh, oh, wow. coming in. It was like, uh, yeah, a, a, a did they, it looked like. Round and Round is very funny, and it's authentic, authentically funny. And Hallmark has had this problem for years where they're not funny. and And then... In the new regime, it was no, like like historic, like not from a, Vic, a historically not funny. Like take the joke out. They don't want to be. It's we not like they like, were trying to be funny and they weren't. No, and when when they were, it was br I understand brutal. But and then now in the last three years, they've tried to be funny and adding trying to add the combat and right. the wrong. And so they've they've done like they've done a few things that have been legitimately funny. But for me, I thought this was a pretty like like specific intentional thing where it's like, we're going to hire an actual funny person. So not yeah. that these other actors aren't capable, but, and I think, I'm, I'm sure you've heard this. I've heard it in a thousand interviews I listen with podcasts and other interviews where comedic actors are like, it's way harder to be funny than it is to, to, to be serious, like to, to, to do a serious role. But they, I thought it was intentional. I, th I thought it was like, we, we got someone who's trained in improv, who's comedic, who's willing to do our movie, let's make it happen. But it sounds like you were just hoping to be in the in the movie. Did they, At what point did they tell you like, no. hey, we want you to be funny in this? Or did they? 
I mean, a little peek behind the curtain. I have been on hold for every single Hallmark movie for, <laughs> I want to say, the last year and a half. Like, literally every part in every Hallmark movie I have been on. Hallmark, been get like, it together hey, looks like and hire, for this one. What, hire Vic Michaelis. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> I just, like, listen, I... um. I, like I said, I love, I love working. I love working. It's my favorite thing to do. I will do it. I'm so thrilled to be here. Um, <laughs> I, um, but yeah, it's just like, it's one of those things where again, like I, I also recognize that I am, uh, I am especially for an institution that has such a specific identity or has historically had such a specific identity. I'm not necessarily the natural <laughs> choice you know what i mean like i especially like again like you look at any work i've done it's a lot of like kind of absurd comedy that's like that's like a lot of what i'm doing mm. a lot of stuff that's like played to be very serious but is just like ridiculous um i'm not necessarily like i think the pick on paper that people would be like oh yeah this is probably somebody that we want to like have be the lead of one of our um movies i'm so thrilled that they took the chance on it but i also like again this was also sort of like a, a match that was like a little bit uh serendipitous in that like you know me coming in with you know not a lot to back me up and then getting to work with somebody like brian who came in day one on our first meeting was like i love improvising how much am i allowed to improvise <laughs> like that's an important part to where how i work and i was like yeah i mean if brian wants to improvise i want to improvise that sounds good to me like i mean if brian wants to do it i guess i'll do it um <laughs> twist my arm so like again is that a swing that i necessarily would have taken like my first thing my my first one being like, this is something that's really important to me. Probably not. I probably would have played it a little bit safer, but I just got very fortunate that like, I ended up working with somebody who I got along with really well. And then who also had like that being an important part of how he, mm -hmm. how his process was and how he liked working. And so that just, and then like a director and a creative team that were all like, yeah, absolutely. Let's like make that a, a, a part of this and a part of the characters. So we just got very, very lucky that all of that sort of fit into place. Is there a line that you improved that made the cut that you're proud of, especially proud that made it to, to screen? Um, we improvised a lot and I was really shocked that a lot of it made it to the screen. Um, I think especially like as we were doing it, a lot of it, we got sort of like the talk of like, you know, like this is a film we all really love, but you know, like there's a good chance that none of the improv is going to make it. And I was like really thrilled that like a good, wow. a good, a lot of like scene tags made okay. it. Okay. Awesome. Uh, like a lot of, a lot of that bar scene, like the stuff at the end of the bar scene made it that I was like really, yeah. uh, it's a great that was scene. Stuff, scene. I think. Great scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that, the back part of that, like a lot of that improv, most of that's improv, and that all made it in, like with the Andy McDowell alarm clock stuff. Yeah, um, classic. And we were, we were pretty happy, pretty happy with that. I mean, like we're so lucky that uh, uh, Tamar, the the writer, like you know, had a had a very clear, uh, you know, and especially like with how complicated time loop stuff can be, just like really like setting a very uh, a very clear thing and having like clear games for all of these characters written out. Like it just made it very, very easy to uh, continue to build upon. Yeah, that. I think I'd, I have time loop stuff, but I, I have to talk about the fact that this is a, a Hanukkah movie and Hallmark, another historical thing that Hallmark does is they throw you one ha Hanukkah movie and in it, basically 
the Jewish folks don't don't know what Christmas is, have never heard of it, and the Christmas folks have never heard of Hanukkah, and it's yeah. like, explain to me this crazy, I, I'm serious, go watch another one, and it's like... Well, and that's good and to go. Every year I forget. Every I'm year like, like, what oh, is it's, it's it's the candles? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and it's like, what are these candles? They're everywhere. And so it's many candles. Gifts, and you're spinning a top? Like, I'm serious. I'm not like... They do this thing where it's like, now, let me teach you about... Uh, you know, the Maccabees or the whatever. And it's it becomes this educational sure. film that no one asked for. And what's unfortunate is while there's 35 other Christmas movies, there's typically not another Hanukkah movie. This movie, the reason it was number one for me, aside from having this great whip-smart dialogue with characters who didn't feel like someone was writing a nerd in a comic book store, mm. but it was actually a nerd in a comic book store. Like, all that stuff's important. Time loop trope is my favorite trope. But what what did it for me was we got a Hanukkah movie that treated people like adults. So is there a little bit of like ex oh, explanation sure. in the movie occasionally? Yeah, but for the most part, it's just a movie where these are the traditions of the family. You're not stupid. You know what Hanukkah is. And even if you've not experienced it, it's not hard to just come along for the ride. And so was that ever talked about? Or did you have any idea that that was the history? Or you just went in with the script and was like, let's do this thing. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I didn't know that that was the history of sort of like Hallmark's uh, experience with Hanukkah movies. And I think that that really is like a, a nod to the writer uh, Tamar. Like that was how it was in the script. I mean, like the, uh, it, it's really interesting, like as somebody that celebrates both Christmas and Hanukkah, like obviously like we decorate for Christmas and we have our menorah out for the most part is like our Hanukkah. And the menorah, what is the menorah yeah, again? If you, yeah, I know it's, those candles it's been a month. Seven, eight, I can't remember. <laughs> And there was oil and there's a lamp. But, you I don't know. know. <laughs> it's um it's that'll be for part yeah, two. Of course, uh, of course. Yeah, we'll get, 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 get. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll be sort of like that. We're gonna go through it and we're gonna uh, explain all of it in sort of a director's commentary style. But it uh, it really is like it's it was so interesting like coming in on the first day and being like, oh, this is like Hanukkah decorated in a way that is for like Christmas. Like it's like a this is exactly what it right. would look like. But I mean like fun like very fun like it was cool i've i've uh, i've never seen so many menorahs in my in my life but it was beautiful right, right um you you've mentioned that you have auditioned for a lot of hallmark movies um what sure. what is your history with hallmark have you seen a lot of hallmark movies and you have like that's the desire to be in these movies or, or just lived in canada just lived in canada and you yeah. know like th there's a there's a whole machine of, of movies that get made in canada that are for uh, that specific network how how did your interest or, or originally peak when it comes to hallmark yeah i mean like for me mostly like um I mostly have like been and been held on like the network side of stuff. I mean, like a lot of pilots that I've been a real angel of death for network TV and pilots. Like I've come in on the second to last episode of so many series that ended up getting canceled after I was on, uh, not probably the decision was made before I was on the show. <laughs> um, and then like a lot of pilots that didn't go like, I, I, that's been like a lot of like a lot of network comedy. I've done almost every comedy that has come through. Um, Vancouver at some point or like audition for it or, or been a part of a pilot for something like that. So, I mean, like, like Hallmark is such a big, um, part of it. I, they're like very strict about like BC residency and my folks are in Toronto wow. and, um, I, I came and established residency in 2020, uh, during the pandemic. And, uh, uh, yeah, since then been, you know, once I was established as a BC resident, then I was all of a sudden, auditioning for a mm. lot of Hallmark stuff. Um, 
in 2021 and it just yeah it, like it just never again like, like I think I was always an option for like oh if we want somebody like kind of quirky and kind of funny and it just like was never totally a direction that people were yeah. looking for and then I got really fortunate I was able to do a table read for something actually um somebody had dropped out last minute and it seemed like maybe they needed somebody to fill uh that spot and I do actually have a lot of acting training like I did do a lot of um a lot of acting but I just like my my heart and my bread and my butter is like yeah, comedy right. and quirky comedy. And that was the parts I was going out for, for the most part. But uh, yeah, post that table read, people were like, oh, maybe Vic could do something like this, I think. So uh, yeah, from there, then I was able to do round and round. Could you tell right? me what the table read was for? Do you, like, are you kidding on? I can, but I, I'm happy to tell you, I don't know if I oh, should have it. You on, can tell um, me that after we, we, we drop the live. We I, can tell, that's fine. But I'd just I'd be happy to. I just so want to speak uh, to the, the fine folks at Hallmark. It was that, the Game of Thrones prequel, from what I understand. <laughs> and I didn't want to give that away, but we do have that. Yes, We have that clip. Um, <laughs> that uh, Round and Round was such a great movie, and obviously the comedy worked. But the, the acting, like... Uh, you seemed so perfect for that role. And it wasn't just because of the comedy. The comedy oh, was obviously you. fantastic. It felt like your voice was perfect for that role. And it just, it just fits like the, the whole thing um, was fantastic. And I, and I hope that moving forward, more roles come your way because it would throw me to no end to see you more on the, on the screen of these things that we get to review. I really appreciate you saying that. Of course. I, I think, you know, tomorrow, actually, I didn't mean a word of it, but well, I, I mean, but from, I, from the guy who said there was a movie better that's okay. than this, but you don't need to, I just want yeah, to hear yeah, it. Um, tomorrow wrote another one of my favorite, uh, Hallmark Christmas movies. And I, I, I would love to see more from tomorrow because I, the writing I thought was great. Absolutely. You and Brian were fantastic. And then, from a time loop perspective, this is one of the few movies I think Hallmark rarely sticks the ending aside from the kiss, which we all know is coming. But this ending, like mm. for me, I've watched 700 Hallmark movies, Vic, over the last six years. I am so rarely surprised, if ever. I think in 700 movies, the number of times I've been surprised in the last eight minutes of a Hallmark movie has to be single digits, if not just round and round. I can't think of another one. I'm sure it exists. But to have, and I, if, you, if you've not seen the film, go see the film. I'll try not to spoil it. But to have the reveal of this time loop device and to realize who all is involved mm. and, to, and what it actually means to this family as a family heirloom was not only poignant because it speaks to like, the traditions we pass on to our kids. When, when, just for a while, as you're saying this, when Rick Hoffman walks in, who I would love oh in this gosh. movie, and lays down on the bed like this, and is like, "Let's, I got, I got to tell you this, like, just such Dude. a great scene." And Rick Hoffman is never in these movies, and he's freaking phenomenal. So he's so good. Anyway, he's so oh, good. Yeah, but so when the, all of this is starting to be revealed, and it is both poignant, so the movie is about more than the guy and the girl and the kiss, mm. and it's a twist on the film's plot. And it's like someone took the time to care about more than the guy and the girl and the kiss. I was blown away. I think for me, I was like, man, this is one of the best movies of the year right there with Biltmore. And then the last 10 minutes, I was like, this is, this is it. This is what we're looking for. And it was played so perfectly by you and Brian. I, I don't, I, I know that there seems to be no question in the near future, but Good. my, my question glad you is acknowledge that. Yes. Like, how much of that, <laughs> how much of the time loop stuff, 
Like how much of that is, uh, we hear 15 day shoots, these movies are done on the fly. We change things, we're, we're molding yeah. our characters. How much of that was just in the original script you got? Like how much of the, so I mean like the structure of the script, we didn't really okay. mess with at all. Like stuff that we got to improvise was like tags, jokes, like things like that. Like a lot of like jokes that seem like, oh, that seems like maybe it was um, ad-libbed Probably it, uh, that was uh, like if it seemed like it was something that like, uh, uh, you know, was like said out of rhythm of a script a little bit. We probably got to at it a little bit. Uh, uh, but uh, uh, but I mean, like Tamar just did such an incredible job, like really structuring this thing. I had a notebook because I was like, yeah, like you said, like 14 day shoot, like you're you're going like, you know, like 15 hours a day or whatever to uh, to get your day. And like, I just had like a binder, like this deck being like, this is loop one. These are the scenes in loop mm, one. This is what's happening. Awesome. This is sort of like, and the, and the poor costumes that were just like, cause I made, this is just like a Easter egg for nobody, but it was like, I, I, the poor costumes department, I made the decision to button up my sweater on the first uh -oh. night. And then I was like, it's too complicated. It's too hot. Cause we were shooting in the middle of June. And I was like, <laughs> it's way too It's a rookie mistake. So I unbuttoned it yeah. for it was a rookie mistake, especially for a time loop movie. And so then anytime it was the first night, I had to remember to button uh. my sweater and then we had to unbutton it for the rest of the loops. So it was, I mean, poor Dana in uh. costumes, really uh, doing God's work well, there. It was and I, nuts. I think that when you realize the number of loops are important in this movie, I was, that to me was the part where I was like, no, no, no. And I was starting to go back and count in my head at the end of this film. And that's just something that Hallmark movies typically don't, don't do. They just don't do them. And I, it was such a rare, like wonderful combustion of all of these great things coming together. And I, I really do hope that we're, we're going to get to see a lot more from you because I, I think it's well-deserved oh. and, and uh, Hallmark, if, if anyone out there is listening, we hear occasionally you guys do listen to us that you, you really should do yourself a favor here. I, I like, this is a no brainer. Uh, just, just wonderful. It was a wonderful film. It really was. No. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you guys saying that and watching and taking the time to talk with me. I genuinely loved my experience working with Hallmark and would do, I would love to work with them again. Go rapid fire. Let's go rapid fire. I would love to work with them again. Okay. If anyone's here, uh, work again. All right. So rapid fire is yes. we each get to ask you three questions and you don't have to necessarily answer them fast. I don't even know why we call it this, Perfect. but that's what we're going to do. Yes. <laughs> All right, I'll go first. Would you like to right. work with Hallmark again? I'm just kidding. You don't have to answer that. Yes. You would. Okay. Um, for my, Too late. That was one of your for questions. For my first question, I need you to pretend that you are in a Hallmark movie as uh, okay. a, a, a parent giving sage advice to one of their children right. that's on the precipice of greatness, or they think so. And you need to say this line. <laughs> you have to chase your dreams, even if you haven't dreamt them yet. And I say yeah. that you, sort of in a character. You have to chase your own dreams, even okay, if you haven't dreamt them yet. Yes. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my lead-in for this. Okay. okay? Hey. What's wrong? No, come on, don't cry. Hey, hey, come here. I know that this is hard. All of this is confusing, and at Christmas, nobody deserves that. But guess what? You have to chase your dreams even if you haven't dreamt it yet. <laughs> okay, let's make popcorn. Yeah. Man, so that's wow. Sort of Nicely done. Beautiful. Nicely done. Yeah. Beautiful, Thank in you. fact. Appreciate yeah. that. Um, do, does cotton candy, <laughs> uh, different colors, 
flavors or no? no? Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> um, when you uh, when the night of round and round the premiere, uh, you're the you're the lead sure. in a in a film on television. This how big yes. of it did you have a big gathering? Family, friends, or were you just like, nah, I don't want to watch it? I had a show that night, so I had a uh, so I was I was out and about, but my stepmother and my father had a premiere where um, my my stepmom um, screenshot the like Hallmark page, like with the little toggle and everything in the Hallmark banner, like the one that's like, you click on it to get the menu yeah. and it's in like menu Classic. and like had all of the info, like just screenshotted that. And so it's like black on the sides and then the screenshot of like <laughs> me and Brian and that banner that says like www.hallmark.com and then printed a poster of it as like a step in repeat. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> So I, love it. I will absolutely uh, get you guys a photo Please. of that. We'd uh, love one for the socials or just for us, that. really. BTS. Yeah. That. That's fantastic. Yeah. Have you ever broken any bones? No. Okay. The best food is in Toronto, Vancouver, or Los Angeles. Wow. I'm going to get yelled at. <laughs> um, I it, It's really tough because I'm like... Th- th- it depends on the cuisine you're talking about, but my favorite type of food is Indian food, so I'm gonna have to say Vancouver. Vancouver has the really. I would have thought Toronto. I love. I. Uh, I mean, Toronto is great Indian food, but of like the places that I go to, like my favorite, one of my favorite Indian restaurants is in um, Van- Vancouver. Done and done. So, Vic, on your Instagram, you have a picture of yourself yes. um, wearing an Orlando Magic um, jersey. This is big. I'm a diehard Orlando Correct. Magic fan. Um, is there look a, at his shirt? Stuff? Look at his yes, shirt. Yes, I am actually. Are you a yeah. Magic fan? <laughs> yes, I am. Wow. <laughs> God, Vic. My parents live in Orlando, oh and gosh. I decided I was going to be an Orlando Magic fan because you can get season tickets for. for a that's right, because we're yeah. bad so always. Like, Great. That's right. Yes, and so I was like, I'm going to commit to being an Orlando Magic fan, and stuff is the greatest mascot. He's of the all best time. mascot. Uh, so I, <laughs> He won mascot yes, of the so year, like, mother goose. He won mascot of the year. It's true. Um, so yes, that, that is earnest. I am an Orlando Magic fan. I really was like, I, I want to commit to a fandom there. And so I did. I'm an LA Sparks fan and an Orlando Magic fan. The, can we, can we talk about it? Round and round did just move to two in my rankings. <laughs> and I, 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 no. it's just, I've been thinking through. It moved to it one is, for me. Who's though. one now? To do with what you moved said. to one it's for me. What I've been Vic, can we be, about. are we friends? Can we talk about the Magic on a regular? I always need Magic fans. In yes, mind. I would love that. Who would have guessed that initially I thought I was going to be replacing you on the podcast? Now you're, and now and we're now doing gonna... Just sit right here. Brian, Brian, we can get something else Vic, for Brian. Vic, I, I have an NBA I podcast. I have an NBA podcast with, with, a, with another actor. From Vancouver, BC. That's exactly right. Antonio, Antonio Kayon. That's right. And we talk basketball all the time. You're invited on anytime. <laughs> Oh, please, would love to. Literally anytime, just sort of cry a little bit and be um, sad, and then we can talk about what stuff was up stuff's to. Stuff's always yeah, up yeah, to stu- stuff. Yeah, stuff status, that'd be great. See, I'm just making it up for stuff's you. Stuff's the best. Man, <laughs> this is, that was the best. I'll come to the stuff report. Was the stuff report. Stuff. It's a weekly the stuff, stuff report. report. <laughs> I love it. Um, right. Boy. So we got one last thing, Vic. Every week uh, on our please. on our interview, we're gonna uh, we're gonna spotlight a charity new uh, for 2024. This is new for us. We're gonna spotlight a charity of the interviewee's choice, uh, and then we're gonna give uh, some money on our end uh, to that charity, and hope that others listening will also do the same. Vic, do you have a charity for us? 
Yeah, I mean, like, it's a it's a classic oldie but a goodie. We're going to go with the Trevor Project. Fantastic. Fantastic. Tell us about the Trevor Project. Um, they're an LGBTQ uh, charity, uh, uh, really uh, uh, very helpful with uh, uh, LGBTQ youth uh, and uh, uh, just in general, uh, raising funds, uh, helping kids across the country. Fantastic. Yeah, with career jobs, internships, all kinds of fun things. It's a great charity, a great yeah. choice. Uh, 100 bucks from, from DTH going to the Trevor Project. Uh, we hope you'll also oh, thank you donate uh, at home if you're listening or in the car wherever you're listening. Wait till you get Link home. will be in the description, though. Yeah. Link will be in the description. Link will be in the description. Vic, you are an absolute treasure. Thank you so much for coming on the pod, and uh, we'd love to see you again. We can't wait to see you on our screens this hey, year for you. sure. That's right, Hallmark. So appreciate that. Last one is a guest. Next one, I'm going to be uh, your co-host, right and I really can't right wait. I love um, I'm it. so excited. Talking myself into a job. I love jobs, <laughs> and I really hope I got that across. Here. Good. Uh, until next time, may we be the first to wish you a Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, too. Deck the Hallmarks of Bramble Jam podcast is produced by Aaron Shea. For more information on Deck the Hallmark, you can go to deckthehallmark.com. For more information on the Deck the Hallmark family, you can go to bramblejamplus.com. Deck the Hallmark is presented by Philo TV. For a free trial of Philo, go to philo.tv slash DTH. You're about to hear some ads that help keep the lights on here in the old studio. Thanks for listening or don't listen. It's really up to you at this point. It's at the end of the show. I mean, you're listening to me. Hi. But here they come. I promise they're coming. Yep. Here they are. Happy day.